Welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. And today we're going to be talking about being fully alive. Have you ever sleepwalked? I don't even know if that's really the right way to say that in past tense. Slept walked? I'm not sure. Well, when I was a kid, I was a very proficient sleepwalker and sleep talker. So much so that I would have full on phone conversations with friends and with my boyfriend. Um, and it was coherent enough, I was proficient enough at sleep talking that we would get quite a ways into the conversation before they would realize that I was actually asleep. But my favorite story of myself, uh, sleepwalking, relayed to me, I was the sleepwalker, was at a youth convention in Alberta. Now we were staying at a camp in dorm style rooms. I have always been a person who loves sleep, so I was asleep far before everyone else. And the story has been relayed to me that as everyone was kind of wrapping up for the night, I sat straight up with a gasp and told everybody frantically that I had lost my contact lens. I then proceeded to get out of bed, down on all fours, searching the ground for this contact lens and getting everybody else in the cabin to also search for my lost contact lens. At one point, a friend of mine kind of clued in and went, but Lisa, you don't wear contacts. And I am told that my response was, oh, right. At which point I crawled into bed and went fully asleep. Isn't it amazing how someone can appear to be awake while they are actually fully asleep? They seem to be awake, but they're not awake. And while this can happen in our physical bodies, it also happens in our spirits. So I wanna ask you today, how's your spirit doing? Are you fully awake? Do you feel fully alive? Well, flip in your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter two. We're gonna be heading out to verses one to seven today. We're gonna to be camping out there. And if you need a Bible, we would love to get a Bible for you. So if you head on over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible, there are some links there to the version Bible that you can download on your phone or in any other device. Or if you live in the Powell River region, we would love to get you a paper Bible. So head on over there. This is what Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 7 says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because. If you are reading right now in a paper Bible, circle that, but because. This is a lean-in moment. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. 
It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We're going to dive in, but first let me pray with us. So God, I thank you so much for your word, your word that is true, that reveals truth to us, your word that reveals you to us. So Holy Spirit, as we dive into this passage today, would you remind us that you are the one who sets us free so that we live free. You are the one who made us alive so that we can live alive. Would you show us those places where we've drifted back to sleep? Would you convict us and convince us of your truth by your spirit? So Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, would you speak right now? Would you allow my own words just to fade away? But would you speak to us because you are the one who brings change and life to our spirits in your precious name. Amen. Well, Paul makes this transi transition. We've been hanging out in Ephesians 1 for a few weeks, and he moves from this introduction of this letter and this exhortation to view Jesus as he truly is, the head over all things, the head of the church, the one who's worthy, the mighty one, the one who loves us, who brings truth in love. And Paul makes this transition for us that in light of who God is, we're transitioning now to who we are in light of that, who humanity is in light of who God is. And this is a broad strokes moment. We see Paul here talking about you, but this is not a personal you. This is a corporate you. As for you, people, all of you, you were dead in sin. You were born dead. You were living dead. You weren't even aware that your fate was sealed from the moment that you took your first breath. You are sleepwalking your way through life. You think you're awake, but you're not awake. You are all dead. And now this can seem really, really harsh. Like we didn't even have a chance to prove ourselves yet. We are already condemned. That doesn't seem very fair. Verse three tells us that like the rest, by we were by nature deserving of wrath. Just us as humanity, by nature of being humanity, we were deserving of wrath. Now, some of you on the other side of this screen, you may have grown up in a faith background. And so hearing about our sin nature is something you might be familiar with. That might not be a new concept to you. This is probably a statement that you understand intellectually. But for those of you that might be exploring faith, this might be a new concept and it can seem really unfair that all of humanity by nature is deserving of wrath. And it can seem unfair that from the first fledgling moments of creation because of the choice of somebody that wasn't us, we've been given this outcome, this lot in our life that we didn't choose, but this is our reality. We are dead because of our sin. The Bible tells us we were already born with this sin nature within us, which means we were born already condemned. Richard Erickson says the human predicament is absolute. There is no escape. There's no way for people already condemned to avoid condemnation. And I get it, that can seem so unfair. Like what if we just try to be a good person? And what if we just do more good things than bad things? And what if we help others and we live a life of integrity? Then surely, 
God would look at us and accept us and then surely we could escape this judgment, this condemnation, then surely. And I get it, it does, it seems so unfair that before our lives really have even begun, our judgment is pronounced, but the truth is that none of us really are that innocent. And when we think about our own life, we can see that it actually is absolutely fair because God's justice is perfect. He's not swayed one way or the other. He's not prejudiced by people he likes. His justice is perfect and each one of us are not. So let's pull apart this first verse and that will kind of help cement this understanding and this truth for us. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Now, of course, we have the Bible in English, but this is not the original language the Bible was written in. And so we're gonna head back into ancient times, into ancient Greek, and look at these two words. The Greek words used here are paraptoma and hamartia. And the first that we have as transgressions in the verse that I just read, and maybe trespasses, if you're holding a different version of the Bible than the NIV, is paraptome. And it's to slip or fall. It's a failure to do the right thing, to fall away, to slip when you're trying to walk the right path. The word that we have for sin is hamartia. And it's to miss the mark. It's to do your best, but to constantly be falling short. It's just a failure to meet the needed criteria. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead because you slipped and fell when you were trying to do the right thing. You were dead because you missed the mark on the life that you were supposed to live, a life of holiness and righteousness. You've missed that mark. We are dead in future language. We know that the outcome and the cost of our sin is eternal separation from God for all eternity. The moment we die, the moment our lives end on this earth, we will have this eternal life that's waiting for us. And we know that the future cost of our sin is separation from God. It's death. But we also have a present cost to our sin. We have a present death that we live, and that is this walking out of life, not fully alive. Because we've missed the mark, we can't attain the life that God designed from us, for us. We can't attain that life apart from God. It's kind of impossible to live the Creator's life without the Creator. And we also know that we've failed to take hold of his truth. We have slipped and fallen over and over and over when we've tried to do the right thing. We have slipped, we have fallen far short of the perfection that justice demands of us. It doesn't matter how good we are, that standard that has set before us is one we can't hit. So our natural outcome, the natural trajectory of our path is death. We are the living dead. We are the ones who feed the things of our flesh at the expense of feeding our spirit. We are the ones who choose the things that are temporary over the things that are eternal. And Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 3 tell us this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. 
all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We are all guilty, all of us. We have given in to sin and into that desire within us to feed our own egos, our own ambitions, our own selfishness, to choose our own way. Our relationship with God was broken in Eden at that fledgling moments of creation when Adam and Eve chose their own way, when they chose disobedience. But every single one of us for the remainder of human history has continued to break that relationship anew. We have continued to choose our own way over a relationship with God. William Barclay writes, God is love and sin is therefore a crime, not against law, but against love. Now it's possible to make atonement for a broken law, but it is impossible to make atonement for a broken heart. And sin is not so much breaking God's law as it's breaking God's heart. And therefore, only an act of free forgiveness of the grace of God can put us back into right relationship with him. Each one of us has fallen far short of God's standard, God's best for us. It started way back when in the perfection of Eden, but every single one of us has been guilty of choosing our way since. We have failed. We have slipped and fallen. We have each missed the mark of a life that honors God, a life that reflects him. We each have done things that have very real and painful consequences. We each have things for which atonement, which forgiveness is needed for. We have fed our own desires. We've turned away from truth and righteousness to give in to what we wanted instead. The reality is we are all guilty. And now we come to that phrase. Are you ready? But because. But because. That is where we were. That is the reality of human existence. We are guilty. We were dead in our transgressions and sin, but because. But that's not where God exits the story and washes his hands off us and says, humanity is too far gone. No, this is where God's love compels him into action in a way that changes humanity's stories. But because, because God knew he knew that our judgment was sealed. He knew what humanity was like, that we would continue to miss the mark over and over and over again. He made a way to hit the mark himself. He made a way to take on our punishment through himself so that we could be made pure and perfect and holy. And this is where we pick up in Ephesians 2 verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved and grace raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. But because of his great love, we were guilty, but... We were guilty, but Jesus, in his great love for us, made a way. 
We're gonna be getting to this great statement next week in verse nine, and it says, so that no one can boast. We can't boast because we have absolutely nothing to do with changing our fate. There's nothing that we could have done to earn what happened to us. We can't good our way to God. We can't live a life of perfection. We can't find peace within ourselves. We were dead. We were the ones without hope, without life, but because, but because of his great love, because Jesus saw you and me, he pursued us before we were even aware of him. Jesus, who is rich in mercy, went to the cross on our behalf. He carried our sin and our shame, and in doing so, he made a way for us to be completely covered, no longer having to wear our sin and our shame. And this is the beauty of mercy. This is the beauty of grace. David Guzik writes, therefore, we must stop trying to make ourselves lovable to God. In other words, we can't earn this. We can't do anything to make ourselves worthy of the love of God and simply receive his great love while recognizing we are unworthy of it. This is the grace secret of the Christian life. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. We don't deserve grace. We don't deserve mercy, but it didn't matter. But because, and if you're with us today and you're exploring faith, I want you to know this truth. God loves you. He loves you so much. He sees and he knows your entire story. He understands all of those very real transgressions and sins in your life. Those places where you slipped and fallen, those places where you have missed the mark. And he understands the cost of his justice, his perfect justice. He understands our guilt, but because. So Jesus paid it because he understands where we've fallen short and he understands what he demands, what his perfect justice demands. He made a way, he covered the gap between us. He looked at the little amount that we had, which was actually in the negative and what the price of the bill was gonna be. And he made a way, he paid it himself. And God looks at you and he knows absolutely everything about you and he loves you so much. But because there's nothing you could have done. There's nothing you can do. But because of his great love, he made a way for you to have a relationship with him, but you have to choose and you get to choose. God doesn't force his grace upon us. He gives us the option. You choose death or life. I mentioned two weeks ago that I was listening to an author, Jess Connolly, and one of her trademark phrases is shame off you. It's this idea that God has forgiven you so shame no longer gets a say. Shame no longer gets to call the shots or control how we live because we've been saved by grace. So shame off of you. Friends, you've been made free, so live free. You've been made alive, so live alive. You have been fully loved, so live loved 
Those of us who have been made alive, we have the responsibility to live alive. A responsibility not out of duty, a responsibility out of gratitude. A responsibility as those who have had their eyes open, their lungs filled up with life. We have been called to live a full and abundant life. We were freed to live free. We were made alive to live alive. That God's grace and kindness would be on display through our life and freedom. Ephesians 2 verse 7 says, in order that. Can you underline that if you're using a paper Bible in order that? Why were we freed? Why did God forgive us? Why did he have his grace on display? Why did he make us alive in order that? In the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We've been saved. We've been made free. We've been made alive not to drift back to sleep. But because Jesus saved us in order that our lives would reflect his glory. Our lives would reflect his freedom. Our lives would reflect his love so that his grace and kindness would be reflected in our story. We've been saved by grace. We've been changed by grace. We've been made alive by grace. But we have this warning in Galatians 5.13 to stay alive and not drift back to sleep or drift back to death. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. In other words, live out your freedom. Live alive. Just because you've been made alive future, saved for all of eternity from the wrath of God to have a relationship with Christ forever future, doesn't mean that we get to give into the ways of the world to do whatever we want, whatever feels good in the moment, whatever our own selfishness says we need right now, present. No, we've been made alive future and we've been made alive present. We have a responsibility as those who have been freed to live free. We have a responsibility as those who are alive to live alive. This week, God has been speaking this verse to my spirit, and I want to share it with you from Isaiah 45, 8. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. But I love how the New Living Translation phrases this statement. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. Friends, as those who have been saved by grace, our lives show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. That's a mandate for every single one of us. From verse seven of Ephesians two, that my life would show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed 
in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus, that your life would show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We get the opportunity every day to be works in progress. We are not perfect and we are not going to hit perfection until heaven, but we get to be works in progress, making a little bit more ground every day, reflecting Jesus every day, being refined and changed by grace every day. So salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. Where salvation springs up, let righteousness flourish with it. We get to play this sacred part in the story God is writing. We get to be the ones who are proof of the difference that Jesus makes in a life fully alive, full of peace, full of joy, full of assurance, full of patience, full of love, full of hope, full of faithfulness, full of gentleness, full of kindness, full of goodness, full of self-control. Not because we found it within ourselves, but because we have surrendered ourselves fully to the grace of God and the work of his spirit. Friends, it's not a burden to bear. It is a joy to live, to be given this gift today for the glory of God to see the wonder and the beauty that God has created around us, to partner with what his spirit is doing and to grow today in closer relationship with him. This is why we were made and this is why we were made alive. It's why we're free. So let's live free. Let's live alive today let's make the choice not to drift back to sleep not to give in to our flesh but to recognize that we have been bought with a price we have been awakened we have been made alive so that we could live so let's do that together as we've been talking if you are exploring faith and you recognize you know you haven't made the choice you're coming to this moment right here and, and you haven't chosen for yourself death or life. Are you going to choose to accept the gift of grace that God has presented to you? I want to invite you to do that. I want to invite you in this moment to make a choice. There's nothing like really a protocol you need to follow or, or words that you need to say. It's just a recognition. God, I know my life has missed the mark. And I believe that you are the only way. That Jesus, you died on the cross to cover that gap between us, to pay the price that I couldn't pay. And so I choose. I choose your grace. And I surrender fully. This life that I have, I choose to live for you. Would you direct my steps? Would you direct my path? Would you lead and guide me? If you have recognized that moment today, welcome to the family, but would you reach out? Because we strongly believe that this faith journey isn't one that we can do alone. God has called us to do it together so that we can strengthen each other and hold each other accountable and answer questions together and walk through hard times together. God has gifted us one another, faith in community. And so if you made that choice today to choose the way of life, 
Would you just send us a message so that we could walk this faith journey out with you? Well, friends, I hope that this week you are on a journey to live alive, to live fully understanding with your eyes wide open of how God is on display and moving around you. Would we be people who lean in to be works in progress? making up tiny ground, choosing the hard yes to say yes to relationship with God and no to our selfishness every day. Would we be people who put God on display that show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you have freed us for freedom we are free so that we could live free so we could live alive we are no longer slaves to our whims and to our selfishness and to our selfish ambition we are no longer slaves you have made us free and so we thank you for grace we thank you for your kindness we thank you for your love, your but because love that saw us when we are far from you, when we were enemies of God and chose to step into the story that your love compelled you to the cross. We thank you for that reality. And so would you help us to see today as a response of gratitude that we would live free because we are because your spirit is at work within us. So would you help us to fully surrender to you in your precious name, amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, friends. If what we are doing here online is adding to your faith journey, would you consider partnering with us? You can find all of the ways to do that at myevangel.church forward slash give. Absolutely everything we do in person and online is completely funded by the generosity of people just like you. And no amount is too small to make a difference in what God is doing here in Powell River and around the world. So thank you so much for being with us today. God bless. May you live free. May you live alive this week. Thank you.